0: Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song.
1: online as well. It's a nice rainy fall day. A um, couple of announcements. Randy Dar will be having his class tonight at 6 p.m. living for Christ in a culture that doesn't. So be sure um, if you've been going to that go or if you haven't been start. Um, our buckets of blessing that have been sitting out in the lobby for people to pick up and fill are due on Tuesday morning the 31st. So make sure you get those in if you have taken one of those to fill. And then on Wednesday, um, November 1st, it's already November, crazy. um, We will be going to Cross Church um, for community prayer at 6.30. Pastor Cliff will be leading prayer there. Um, So make sure you don't come here on Wednesday night, go to Cross Church, and you'll see Cliff there. So if you don't see Cliff there, you're in the wrong place. (laughs) Um, And then... Friday through Saturday this weekend is the Awesome Girls Conference, um, which AWESOME stands for Amazing Women Serving Our Maker. Um, So if you're interested in that, um, you can talk to Cliff or Lisa. I'm sure they could get you more information on how to sign up for that. Um, And then Church Cleanup Day has been rescheduled to November 4th, starting at 8.30 a.m. So bright and early meet here, and there's a lot of activities, things to do to help clean up our church, make things better, get things done. Um, so we hope to see you there. And then Operation Christmas Child boxes are due November 12th. So if you haven't picked one up, they're outside, um, and you can fill those and make sure you get them in. And Charlie Baker is going to come up and pray for us. Thank you.
2: Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Our most gracious and all-wise Heavenly Father, we thank you very much for the many, many blessings that you pour out upon us. We uh, uh, we thank you uh, even when we're in the hard times and don't know, Lord, uh, we know that you're in charge and that you have a plan for our lives, and we just uh, ask you to uh, be with us as we go through those trials and make us stronger, Lord. Be with Cliff today, Lord, as he brings the message you've laid on his heart, Uh we appreciate our pastor, and and uh, we just uh, uh, want you to work through him that today that we might see the spirit move, Lord, and that we have visitors in the room here and visitors online, Lord, and we just ask you to uh, be with them and the decisions they need to make. If there are any that are lost, Lord, that know you not as personal Savior, and Lord, that it might be today before it's too late, Lord, because we're not guaranteed that we'll be here tomorrow. Lord, uh, again, I want to say thank you. Uh, Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the cool weather. Uh, We thank you for the different seasons we've got. You made a magnificent plan when you created the world, Lord. And we've messed it up, but we know that you're coming back again to make it all straight. And we just uh, ask that we be ready. May we worship you in spirit and truth today, for it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.
0: Please stand with me once again, and we'll worship through song. How deep the fire Thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. For He is good; He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, with mighty hand and outstretched arm.
3: This morning, we're going to look at 2 John, okay? 2 John is what we're going to look at. We're going to land, just one week is all we're going to land here is in 2 John. Uh, This is an interesting book. The the title I gave this was Many Deceivers, and we'll talk about that as we walk through that. Now, here's the, the thing. What I want to do is, we came out of Proverbs, it was that, it was easier, maybe easier to see that it was stuff for everyday life. You know, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. When we walk through this, I want us to have that same kind of mindset. What we're going to read here has something to do with our Monday, our Wednesday, our Friday, our Saturday. It has something to do with our daily life. So it's not something that happened way back when, and we're just doing a history lesson. What I want us to do is prepare for battle tomorrow. That's exactly what we're going to do. So, have you ever watched one of those clips where, where the guy ran the touchdown for the opposing team? You know, think about that, assisting the opposition. I, I, I Googled a couple of those things, and, and there was one of those where, where the guy was running and his own teammate tackled him <laughs> and then popped up and said, you almost scored a safety for them. And then there was the one, my, my favorite one when I, when I picked it up was a basketball game. The team, there was one team that was ahead by one point. It's a one-point game at this point, with like 19 seconds left or eight seconds left or whatever. There was a jump ball. The team that had the one point margin got the ball. And the guy that got the ball, promptly, he was apparently like me, okay? He'd never had the ball before. So it's his chance to score, and he heads for the other guy's goal. And there's nobody blocking him. Imagine that. It's a dream come true. And he shoots the basket as the buzzer goes off, and he's really excited. His teammates are not. They've just lost the game, okay? That's what 2nd John deals with. Is when we actually, it's not funny then, when we actually assist the opposition, we help out the enemy of the church, instead of marching forward and doing kingdom work, we're working against the kingdom, and we may not know it in the moment. Kind of like the guy shooting the basketball, the guy running for the touchdown, they're just going, they, they think they're doing the right thing, but in essence, they're assisting the opposition. So this is a letter from John. I love this because it's a very personal letter. You know as, as I think about being a pastor, I care for you guys. Each one of you, I try to I try to remember your names. Okay. Um, and I, 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 you know, I'm praying for you. I want to know what's going on in your life. How can we help? How can I pray for you? And second John comes across that way. It's a, it's a letter, that That cares, okay um, in the letter when we 're going to read i 'm going to read all thirteen verses you 'll not see that this is from John in the letter it says the elder, but the identification of the elder is what we believe to be John matter of fact, third john's the same way it 's the elder, and we believe that to be John. you can read if you read a little bit you 'll see all kinds of theories and so forth, but the majority believe that this is the apostle John, the one who walked into the empty grave the one who wrote first john there's some similarities there that you'll see but but this is the elder john or john riding to the chosen lady now who is the chosen lady because that's how it's addressed from the elder to the chosen lady now here's the catch here we have two choices two choices it's like vanilla and chocolate okay we have two, or vanilla, strawberry, strawberry, chocolate, however you want to do it. We have two choices when we look at this. There's two possibilities. One is the obvious literal explanation. It's addressed to an unnamed lady and her children. Because it talks about her children there also. So who is this? It could be that it's a family that he knows and it's not named for us. Because, maybe because we wouldn't know... Um, the, the, the Joneses, or, or the Smiths, or whatever they might be at that time. So we don't know who they are, but we know that it's addressed to a family group, and and to the ch- to her children. Now the other choice. So think about this for a second. If it's not an actual lady with a post office box and her children and a family picture hanging on the wall with her children, then who could the lady and her children be? Well, the other choice is that it's a church and her members. Okay, a church and her members. It also fits. As a matter of fact, the argument would be that this may fit better than an individual family. But here's the thing. Either way, it works for us. Either way, it works for us. Because the subject that he talks on and the concern that he shares inside the letter fit both. And both could apply to us. You know, I'll probably refer to it more as the church and the members. Okay, that's the, the children of the church uh, rather than a family. But that's the kind of deal. So in this letter, it's born out of concern. It's born out of concern. In other words, John, John's not minding his own business. John has a concern for this family and their well-being. John has a concern for the church and its members I mean, it's really when you think about it think about a, a guy like paul a guy like john a guy like peter that are out there planning churches and what do you want to happen with that church you want it to continue to thrive you want it to continue to grow you want to you want its its reach to go beyond what you left it at it's like the parable, you planted a vineyard. When you come back, or victory, you come back, you, want, you expect to see growth. And that's what John's addressing here. has a concern for the health of this, of this family, of this church. He has that concern for it. And because he has that concern, he's going to write a letter. matter of fact, he's writing a letter. And, and honestly, it looks like I'm, I'm just going to cut the, just one piece of papyrus. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to send it. But I'm coming your way. I'm going, to, I'm going to address that. Talked to a guy this last week, and he talked about an issue. And he said, "I called the guy on the phone." It's like that's not a guy, that's not a call the guy on the phone only thing. You got to, calling on the phone is fine, but you got to have a face to face. Okay, something has to happen face to face. You need to do that, and that's what John's going to do as he as he writes this letter, addresses the concern. Know that he's coming, and he's going to and he's going to assist in any way that he can to straighten out this issue. So let's read it here in the first verse. We'll start in the first verse. We'll read all the way through. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth. Notice that truth is spoken four times in these first three verses. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth. For the sake of the truth which abides in us will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, the commandment word now pops up, which we have had from the beginning that we love one another and this is love that we walk according to his commandments this is the commandment just as you have heard it from the beginning that you should walk in it for many deceivers have gone out into the world those who do not acknowledge jesus christ as coming in the flesh this is the deceiver and the antichrist Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house, and do not give him a greeting." for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds though i have many things to write to you i do not want to do so with paper and ink but i hope to come to you and speak face to face so that your joy may be made full the children of your chosen sister greet you let's talk about the problem that we discover there when we roll around to verse 7 we see that seven or eight, the, the idea of the many deceivers all right the problem is the many deceivers and it is those, and he's particularly, there's a name for them. It's a name that, that, um, that we don't use anymore. It's a name that's not, not going to come up in your vocabulary. But here's what I want you to understand about it. This group of people that John's writing about, these deceivers who've gone out, who have infiltrated the churches, who have sought to infiltrate the churches, they do not preach Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. Now imagine that. We're coming, into, we're coming into Christmas. into have got to get Thanksgiving giving done. But, but when we get into the December there, what are we going to celebrate? We're going to celebrate the birth of nothing, right? We're going to gather around a manger with nothing in the middle of it. I mean, that's, that's what that is, right? There is, there is nothing. Jesus Christ didn't come. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That's what we read when we read the stories in Luke and in Matthew and even in John. We read that the Mark just starts with the baptism. Boom, well, here it is. Okay? And, and, and he's talking about what? Somebody walking in the flesh. Jesus Christ came and he was flesh and blood. The God, the Godhead, Jesus Christ, his deity dwelt in the flesh. It's hard for us to comprehend. It's really hard. But it doesn't. It doesn't excuse taking the flesh out of Jesus Christ to accommodate what we can't understand. See, that's what happens. We take Jesus and we "We can't comprehend. We can't comprehend the Trinity. We can't comprehend Jesus Christ dwelling in flesh, which always seems to sin. That doesn't just register with us. That doesn't make sense. So the next thing you know, we've got Jesus that isn't Jesus anymore. We've got a guy on the cross that wasn't on the cross. We've got a guy shedding his blood who didn't have blood to shed. In November, the 19th of November, we're going we're gonna to have our Thanksgiving meal that night. But that morning, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper. And when we do that, what will we celebrate? We will celebrate. You'll hold in your hand a little piece of bread that doesn't taste good it wasn't meant to okay and then you're going to hold a cup in your hand of grape juice so what is it about that that bread represents the body what point do we have in partaking of the Lord's Supper? What point does Jesus have of instituting the Lord's Supper? Do this in remembrance of me because he partook of that on, during the Passover with his disciples that night before he was carried away to prison and then crucified. He told us that. This is my body. He had a body. They need to understand. See how we distort the truth? We All of a sudden, we just, take, we just wipe out Page after page of Scripture to accommodate what we can't understand. And then we hold that cop. I've said it's, it's, it's um, I forgot his name. But anyway, J.D. something, Greer. J.D. Greer wrote it in his book. Jesus continued, the most precious commodity in all of the universe. You collect all the gold you want. You collect all the uranium you want. You collect any of that stuff, Titanium. The most precious commodity in all of the universe is the blood of Jesus Christ. Because you can't collect enough gold, titanium, diamonds, any of that. None of that will provide for you eternal life. Only the blood of Jesus Christ will do that. Only the blood will do that. All that other stuff won't. You can't stand there at the gates of heaven and say, look, I, I got about... Um, a thousand tractor loads of, of diamonds behind me. Can I get in? One don't work. You see, John is addressing the problem when these people come in and they make Jesus Christ something that he isn't. They rob from that. Now, how many of us know somebody that's out there preaching Jesus Christ wasn't in the flesh? Not seen any hands. So at this point in this, I'm just telling you stuff that you already know, and I'm telling you about a problem you don't have. But I want you to think about this, because it applies equally across. When we take Jesus out of the equation to salvation, in other words, what happens if you buy into the fact that if you're good and you're good enough? Good people go to heaven. That good people going to heaven kind of mindset, you familiar with that? You are, whether you know it or not, right? The idea is that good people, if you'll be good, it's like God's all of a sudden Santa Claus. Right? If you'll be good, I'll let you in. But good, when, you, when, when it's, it's on your goodness, what does that do? It takes Jesus his blood, his body, out of the equation. When we deal with people who don't believe in God, what have they done? They've taken God out of the equation. You see, we deal with this, maybe not in this form, but we deal with a world that minimizes Jesus, that takes Jesus out of the equation. We're dealing with the same kind of problem, not the same particular problem. It's, it's like when Alicia had a screw in her tire and it caused it to go flat. You have had the same kind of issues, but not with that screw, right? You have had flat tires that have had some, something punctured it. We're not dealing with these guys who took the flesh and blood out necessarily, but we're dealing with a world out there that takes Jesus out of the equation in similar form right? That's, that's what we're dealing with. So that's the problem that John wants to address. Because when a church takes Jesus out of the equation, is it a church anymore? Think about that. Yesterday, we, we, were, we had the, the, the privilege and honor um, to, to remember Ray Riffey, and we had the service in here yesterday, did the burial up at Girard, and dinner over there, the other building. And I don't know who he was, um, don't know a particular connection. He was connected to Ray and the family in some way. And, and as he was leaving, he had a, a peculiar statement. He said, it's nice to see that you still believe in the resurrection. I'm like, well, Yeah. And then he then he goes on to say, well, some some churches I've been in, they they it's like maybe it might happen, kind of deal. And it's like, well, that that's you know, so so as I as I reflect on what we were gonna talk about today, and I'm thinking that's not an issue, right? But apparently it is an issue. When we take when we take out the resurrection, we take out Jesus coming back. That's not the Bible anymore. So we need, to, we need to put that out there. We need to understand it. So that's a concern. What do we do? Okay, what do we do? There's, there's kind of a what do we do thing and a what, not, what don't we do in this as I'm walking through this passage. So what do we do? Well, he reminds them. John starts off and he says, hey, I've seen some of your children. They're walking in love. Great things, that compliment. Paul does the same thing. He's going to go deeper, though, And ask him to go further. I want you to know that I love what you guys are doing. I I love to hear the stories. I I read Ray's testimony. That may have been the same one that he wrote down when I asked you and gave it. But I'm also not satisfied with where I'm at. And I'm not satisfied with where you're at. I want us to go further, I want us to go deeper, I want us to be bolder, I want us to share more, it's all those things. I want us to pray more, I want us to read more. We can't be satisfied with where we're at. And so as John, who's that kind of build, right, John wants them, Here, you're doing great things, but you need to go further with that, and he tells them that they, that they need to love one another. That's a commandment. The Great Commandment. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and to love your, your friends, your family, the people you like. No, it's to love your, your neighbor. How many of you like all of your neighbors? Okay. <laughs> now I put you on the spot, right? I don't have many neighbors. Um, but how many you think about that. Now how, what does that mean to love your neighbor? Because I think when we, automatic, when, we, when we think of loving our neighbor, it, it's, it's, uh, it's baking a pie and taking over their house. It's seeing, seeing that they need their, their walk shoveled or something like that when, when the snow flies that we go over and do that or, or maybe help with the cutting of the grass because their lawnmower broke down, whatever it might be. Um, you, you know, just just jumping in and doing things. We see that. We see the stories. The, the crab trees just had a fire. Neighbors jumped in and helped out with so many things there. And so that's what we. I think that's what we think about when when we're talking about loving our neighbor. Now we're gonna come back to that in just a little bit. But here's here's the catch. As John's walking through this idea of loving your neighbor, loving your neighbor, it, it kind of can sometimes mean doing every being as kind as you can, even though they're not, they're not good people. I get that. But there's also the other side of that that John's going to jump in and address here, the thing that you shouldn't do. Okay, the thing that you shouldn't do. So what, what is it that you shouldn't do? What don't you do? And that's, you don't take the basketball and put it in the other guy's goal. You don't run and score safety for the other team with the football. You don't help out the one who's in competition with you, so to speak. You're not helping the one that you're at war with. Because we are at war with that which opposes Christ, right? I mean, that's what we're really at. We're pushing back against the that how do we do that best and so what he says here is do not receive the deceiver he talks about many deceivers are coming out there and and apparently they they push they position themselves as itinerant preachers every once in a while i'll get in the mail somebody that, that wants to come and they want to sing they want to do a magic show whatever it might be they send the thing and then they send all these references in and they'd love to come and stand here at emmanuel baptist church now i want to be careful don't i because they might be better than i am mark might hire them okay here's the thing what john is talking about here is these guys are coming in with something that's not christ they're coming in with something that's not biblical when they come in they needed a place to stay they wanted uh, they wanted time in the pulpit and what john says is this don't do it do not do that do not let them have a moment you know, so, so what that requires is what you need to vet them before they stand here you need to know what they believe because that, that's what he's you know i need to know more about you well i'm a preacher and it's not enough at this point. Because I need to know what you believe. I'll tell you, a couple years ago, I sat in a meeting at IBSA, I was sitting in a meeting, and one of the guys had to leave and go back to a church that the pastor had just started this last Sunday. This is on a Tuesday. And he's going down to meet with the church because the church is letting the pastor go. He's only been there for one Sunday. The issue was they didn't vet him. Okay, he was he was reformed way over there. And so what they did is they had to let him go because they didn't do what? They heard him preach. They asked him a lot of questions. But they didn't ask enough questions. And so, as John's talking to these people, as he's talking to this church, this lady, it is the idea that you need to check things out. We need to check things. Because a guy has a large church doesn't mean that he's preaching the gospel. There's a lot of things out there that, as you flip through, whether it's on YouTube or out there on Facebook or whatever, there might be a guy, he's got a platform. I mean, anybody can have a platform now on Facebook, right? On, on Twitter and all the other stuff. You can have your own platform. But do we check them out? Do we know what they're preaching? Because you know what? That prosperity gospel, that sounds really good. I mean, I, you know, if, if the prosperity gospel worked out, I'd have six motorcycles and three Corvettes. But Jesus didn't come to give me a Corvette. Jesus came to give me eternal life. Jesus didn't come to make me comfortable. Jesus came to save me and then for me to go out and share the gospel. That doesn't mean God's not going to bless us, but it's not focused on the blessings. It's focused on the eternal life. So what we need to do is check things out. And that's what John is asking these people to do. Check them out. And if they're from the camp that's preaching Jesus, what didn't come in bodily form didn't come in flesh and blood, if their their religion takes away the Lord's Supper, if their religion takes away, if their their teaching takes away the Jesus that the Bible preaches, send them on their way and let the next guy know they're coming their way and they shouldn't accept them either. Because what we want, we want that person that's preaching the error to see the error of their ways. To get it right, rather than to help the opposition. The more we love, the more we love. The better we will recognize the truth. Why do I say that? Because he told us the here's the to do thing is to love one another. To love one another. When we read back through that, but as he talks about loving one another, then he he he. He quickly transitions to this loving one another is loving the commandments and keeping the commandments and walking in the commandments. Well, I, you know, so it's like, wow, that took a turn. Wasn't expecting that. You know, I'm thinking, you know, coffee and Danish and carrying it over to the neighbor. And what he's, what he's saying is, is lo- loving includes walking in his commands what is loving your neighbor based on what came first loving god with all your heart your mind your soul your strength and and that sums up all of the commandments give gives parents castle no other gods no idols do not take his name in vain remember sabbath honor your father and your mother do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not lie, and do not envy. All of those things are captured in those, com- those commandments to love God with all your heart. It's no other gods, no idols, not take his name in vain. Remember to show up and be part of the community. Remember Sabbath. And, and then the second part of that is captured by the castle there, the parents' castle. Our, our foundation for loving one another is built on our foundation of loving him. The world that John was cautioning you against, cautioning them against, cautioning me against, is a world that tries to do the latter without doing the former. We need to get it right. Our love for one another needs to be built first on a love for him. And as that love for him grows, so will the love for one another. That's what John is asking us to do. So what I want us to think about as we go out through this week, what is it that we need to do to grow in our relationship so we can grow in our love for one another, so we can recognize the errors out there, so that we can address the errors out there in hopes of leading somebody To the real Jesus, here's the action steps I want you to consider for this week. Express this is this is here's here's what you need to do. Express in action. I mean, in other words, you could take a picture of it. Express or record it anyway. Express in action, brotherly love this week. Identify where disbelief of Jesus is coming in the flesh shows up in our culture today. In other words. When they take Jesus out, where do you see that removal of Jesus Christ as the Bible teaches it in the cultural teachings, in the cultural worldview of today that we live in? Recognize those things. Do a little bit of, do a little bit of homework there. And when you see something, when you see something written, have they do they have Jesus in there? Do they have Jesus out of it? Okay, think about that. Uncheck. And check. This is this is kind of important. And I don't think any of us would we're doing that but check to ensure you have not assisted false teaching okay check to do that because how many of you would want to be the guy that was scored for the other team (laughs) right that would be embarrassing scoring for the other team may mean that somebody that you know misses out on an opportunity to hear the gospel So it's important that we look, understand what we bought into, what we pushed away from, and what what do we need to continue to push away from, to guard from. What can we use in our culture when we discover it? That might be the point that we begin that conversation with somebody and say, hey, you need to understand this about Jesus. You need to understand this about Jesus. Excuse me for a minute. We're going to wrap up and do the invitation This never gets old, okay? As we give the invitation, I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to do so. Okay, you know, my hope, my anticipation, is that before we celebrate the Lord's Supper next, that we will have a new believer baptized, many new believers. That's my expectation. That's what I'm praying for. And they'll get to partake the Lord's Supper for the very first time as a believer. That's my, that's my hope. So today, if you've not done that, you, don't, you have questions about, what that mean? Okay, I, I don't quite understand it. What, what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be born again? I'll talk to you. There are people around this room that are more than willing to talk to you. There's no, no greater joy than to see somebody come to know Christ. We've had some new babies born, and that's joyful, right? But there's no greater joy than watching somebody's eternity change in that moment. So I'm praying for that, right? That's why we, we have the invitation. If you, maybe you want to pray for something or somebody, and then you come and pray. Maybe you have a situation that's just overwhelming you. And you want to pray and you want to know that people here were praying with you. Maybe you want to leave, ask somebody to come pray with you. Do that. You're welcome to do that. Uh, maybe it is that you want to, you know what? I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to know what it, what it means to be a member of the church. I want to be part of this body and what it's doing. I, I'd like to at least talk about membership. Then come down and we'll talk about it. See me afterwards. We'll talk about that. Love for you to be uh, uh, even a more solid part of being part of this church, okay, to to buy into what we're doing here. And this, I want to invite you to do, whether you're a member or not, is is what we call the Who's Your One program, Who's Your One prayer emphasis. And so if you'll come, and what I'm asking you to do is to write the name of a, might be a friend, it might be a family member, you can skip through those slides there, might be a friend or a family member, a neighbor or a co-worker that you want to pray for. That you, you, if they died, you don't know that they'd go to heaven, and you have a concern for their eternity. What I want you to do is, some the deacons will be down here. The, the stuff's in the middle. You can grab one of these. You can grab it after church too. Um, you can grab one of these, and then you can you can leave it in the pew. We'll find it sometime this week. Uh, you can you can. Um, Give it to me. It's sort of like for you to give it to one of the deacons, and begin to pray for them. This booklet that will give you, it has 30 days of praying. So it's got some scripture at the top, and then it's got a paragraph down here. And there's one blank in this one. Several of them have three or four blanks, and that's where you insert the name of the one that you're praying for. And it's, it's a, you know, I don't know how to pray for them to, to know Jesus. Well, this, this book will help you to do that. Okay, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a, a abracadabra book, but it's a book to help you to understand, help you guide you as you pray for the ones that you love. Wouldn't it be great to sit around Thanksgiving dinner or, or to go to work or to walk out and wave at your neighbor? knowing that now they are a Christian. So I I encourage you to come grab one of these. And as you pray for them, we'll pray with you. Uh, That's what's on our list. We'll be praying for, there's 32 or 33 names right now. So I'd love to add to that because I'd love to see God change lives. Let's stand and sing. Know the invitation is open. He knows my name. There are over a billion people in the world. And all of their names are not as easy to spell as Cliff. But he knows everyone. And he knows everyone that came before me, before you. And he knows everyone and their name that will come after you. How does he do that? He is God. Think about that. Think about it. the names of the people around this room. You're looking around and going, I don't know what the name is. God knows those and so, so many more. He knows every tear and every thought. And he still loves you. It's just blows my mind that God has that kind of love and that kind of knowledge. Join with me in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for your love. Your care for us. Your compassion for us. Thank you for sending your son in the flesh and blood. That his body might be broken that his blood might be shed so that we would have remission of sins. Father, help us to carry that message out of here. The good news of the, the gospel. Lord, we're going have to understand all of it. But I know that I have a home in a real heaven. And Father, I have a future with you. And someday... The trump will sound. The dead in Christ will rise. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up in the air with him. Father, what a wonderful, wonderful thought. What a wonderful future. Father, I don't know all the needs of the people here today, but I know that you know. And Father, I pray that you'd work in their lives this week in the things that they're praying for Father, they might see you at work. And to give you thanks. And Father, to share what they saw with those around them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second, wait a second. Okay, you can't go any place.
2: I don't know why or uh, where it comes from, but we only appreciate our pastor on October. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, I think uh, many of us appreciate (laughs) it probably more than just October, but this month we have collected cards, personal cards, okay, there's a bunch of them in there, where that uh, you give them, and put it back in. (laughs) <laughs> I can't have them yet. Yeah, we also appreciate our pastor's wife. Would you come forward, Lisa? Yeah. You have to know uh, Cliff pretty well that he is uh, indispensable because he never wants to leave us. He always wants to be here. And so at this time, I'm going to give his wife his, the present that he's going to get, but she's in charge of it. Okay, uh, that, <laughs> and I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that you know that uh, he's probably going to be missing a Sunday here uh, coming up, whether he knows it or not, because I've already talked to Lisa.
3: Okay, uh, we really appreciate. <laughs> oh, go ahead, talk behind my back. <laughs>
2: it's okay. We know you, and we just still love you. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll go all the way with you, buddy. And uh, I think that this is really a small uh, uh, appreciation to what we can do just in the month of October. But we appreciate our pastor all 12 months of the year. Amen. And uh, we want you to both to know that we're praying for you and that uh, we're behind you. Okay? Yeah. Can we uh, close with another word of prayer? You or? You can. Okay. When? Well, Here. <laughs>
4: Let's go to Lord in prayer. <clears throat> our dear, gracious heavenly fathers, we come to you right now, Lord, with thanksgiving in our heart. Lord, thank you for uh, Pastor Cliff and uh, Lisa, who stands by his side all the time, Lord. And, and Lord, uh, we know that uh, he's not here by mistake, Lord. Uh, that he's here under your will. It's uh, he was talking in the sermon about checking things out, Lord. You know, uh, we know that you sent him here, so we didn't really have to check a lot of things that uh, that some churches do, Lord. And Lord, we may joke around about uh, uh, finding a search committee, but Lord, uh, we all know that it's, we're just joking with him, and Lord, he knows that too. Lord, we appreciate everything that he does for our church, and, and Lord, uh, what I appreciate most myself is uh, the messages each week, that he reminds me. Uh, as what, how I should be living uh, my life as a Christian, Lord, and challenging us to, to step out and, and uh, reminding us, Lord, that uh, we need to be praying daily and reading the Bible daily. And Lord, again, I just thank you for him and, and bless each one that is here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.